Welcome to Scrolling, episode 93. I'm Ket. Uh, Davius is out of town this week. He's on a business trip doing official adult business. But in his place, we have a very special guest. Um, you've heard the shout outs on recent episodes. You've seen her endless furies on your death recap. You've probably purchased some of her goods from a guild trader at some point. She's killed me more than any other player, according to the kill counter add-on. Yes. <laughs> uh, despite that, she's my good friend, Mother of Dragons. Welcome to the show, Mother. Thanks, Kat. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. Um, so just to give listeners an idea of, uh, of who we're dealing with here, I just have a couple of questions I'm going to ask you here. Sure. Um, I'll start with an easy one. Um, political party of choice. <laughs> so easy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, real question. Um, when did you start playing ESO and what do you do in the game? Well, I started playing in 2017. Um, what, was, um, what was like the expansion at that time? It was like what, Morrowind? Yeah, Morrowind. Okay. And so, nice, nice. which, as you know, my home, home station where I am always posted up is Vivex City. And I think that's the reason because Morrowind yeah, so was you big. you're always right there in that crafting area. I am. That's where I belong. Um, yeah, I hadn't played an ESO or an MMO in several years, but was kind of wanted to find a new one. And ESO sounded good. And my main requirement was that it had um, some kind of trading or auction system. And so mm -hmm. that was what I needed in an MMO. Um, so what I do in the game has kind of evolved over time. But when I first started, all I did pretty much was I was in five trading guilds. And I just sold stuff on the guild trader. That was the whole game to you. It was it. I would farm wow. all day while working a real job, <laughs> <laughs> listening to music, and I would sell stuff. So that's, that was all I really wanted in the game at that point. Um, you know, that has changed since, to some extent. Mm -hmm. But now I know you do a lot of PvP these days. I do. That's that's pretty much mostly what I do is P battlegrounds PvP. Yeah. Um, but I still am in three trade guilds and still like to to make gold. Did you play um, any like previous Elder Scrolls games, Skyrim, Morrowind, any of those? No, I didn't. Okay. So you I just wanted like, an MMO. You had no attachment to the to the yeah, property. Correct. Before I played, I played WoW before. That was like the, my first big adult video game. And I call it an adult video game loosely, but like as an adult, that's a video game <laughs> Don't I play. Don't Google adult video game. Okay? <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, or you know that that exists, but yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm. Yes, it's been been amazing. There's so much to do, other than trading guilds. <laughs> so um, you are a sorcerer main. Um, so what, what draws you to Sorcerer? Why, why do you like Sorcerer? Um, I like pew pewing from a distance. That's, uh, okay. They're yeah. good at that. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm, you know, in general, just into like magic and wizardy stuff, you know, Harry mm -hmm. Potter, Game of Thrones, like give me anything magic-y and I like it. So I started a Sorcerer and leveled that up. And then I started like 10 other Sorcerers. I think I have. <laughs> Out of my, I don't know, 15 characters, 80% are sorcerers. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> Why are they all sorcerers? I, I, well, because I only created characters to do daily crafting writs. 
and it I didn't really think about ever doing anything else with them. I so you didn't I, even think about the class. No, just like, I was just, just like, oh, spam through the character creator as fast as you could. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. You just need more gold, more gold. Exactly. Exactly. That that <laughs> that was the bottom line. So, um, so yeah. So I wanted to to shoot things from far away with magic-y looking bolts of lightning. So that's where I landed on Sorcerer. And I haven't, you know, gone away from that, really. I've tried a, a little bit of Templar, tried a little bit of Nightblade, but not enough to really know what I'm doing or know if I even like it. Yeah. Well, I guess you already answered my question. If you had any alts, I guess the answer is yes, you have a bunch of other sorcerers. <laughs> <physically>. <laughs> I have a whole slew of sorcerers. And I have some other ones that I would like to level up at, you know, someday that are low levels, Warden, Necro, just some, some different ones, but I just haven't ever, I don't know, taken the time. Yeah, it's hard not to, I, I went to college for music and we had a term called um, polishing the silver, where like when you're practicing, a lot of times people have a tendency to just play the same thing over, like they want to practice this thing that they're really good at over and over and over again, you know, and they don't want to practice the stuff that they're not good at because that's not nearly as fun. It resonates with me. So you're like polishing, polishing this one piece of silver until it's like the most shiny thing in the world and everything else is all dirty. I'm also a little resistant to change. So, mm -hmm. you know, I I'm see. just going to keep playing my sorcerer forever. Well, it's paying off. Yeah, it's working out. So, yeah, your thing in this game is basically hoarding wealth. So my, my last question is uh, not how much gold you have right now, but what's the most amount of gold you've ever had at one time? Okay, but full disclosure. Like, you know, there's people that have hoarded a lot more gold than me. So I'm not, and this is all hard earned gold. I've never bought gold. Yeah. All earned, honestly. Yes. Hard work, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, mm -hmm. The most I've ever had at one time is 40 million. Okay. Um, but I, I would like to note that, you know, one of my trading guilds I've been in since 2017, and I've donated to that one guild 100 million over the, this, over the time. Wow. So I could have had a lot more, but... I'm starting a trading guild, by the way, <laughs> if you're interested. Uh. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I donate, a, I donate at least 500000 a week to my three guilds. Mm -hmm. Well, we do the, the Ufadnar uh, pre-made Battlegrounds events every week, and you give every participant 100 k right, out of your own pocket? Yeah. I mean, when we first started those, Skuma, the, the guild leader, you know, he didn't want to have, like, prizes winners mm -hmm. because it just gets a little too sweaty and competitive but i was yeah. like well what about a participation trophy so yeah, and i wanted nice. people to sign up because it's a lot of fun so i started doing that which reminds me i need to send it out for last week but oh, thanks yeah. for the reminder mental note <laughs> that's right that was my subtle like hey right. i've been checking my mail and i hadn't seen anything <laughs> show up so oh you're you cu you're cut off sorry <laughs> Well, we're going to talk more about um, gold making and whatnot here in a minute, but really quick, um, just a quick announcement. Um, so if you're not aware, next week, um, Wednesday, January 25th at 3 p.m., uh, Zoss is going to have an official live stream event. Uh, it's going to start with this developer direct. It's going to include the first major announcement of the year, uh, which is going to be an early look uh, into ESO's next big adventure. I'm guessing that's mostly just going to be information about the, the very next update, like update 37. Uh, but then immediately following that, that's going to be the big ESO global reveal event. And that's going to be the big, 
probably like a scripted production uh, and it'll there'll be like you know a lot of previews about the content to come this year and uh, we'll probably find out where the chapter is going to be and like what you know what race it's going to be centered around that that mysterious most requested new feature that we're that we're getting with the new chapter I'm, I'm sure we'll get a reveal on what that's going to be so a lot of our questions should be answered next week we'll of course talk all about that on the next episode uh, and they do say in this announcement, it's going to be a big year for ESO. So be sure to check it out. So they're still, you know, they've been going on this hype train for the last couple of months, like really trying to tell people like, yo, this, this year's going to be the big one, guys. It's time to get hype. It's exciting. What will it mean? Yes. What does it all mean? Um, and also if, if they follow the usual pattern, then very likely the very following Monday after that live stream, um, the public test server will go up and we'll be able to log in and start. Uh, testing stuff out for the for the update 37 so uh, be on the lookout for that okay so with that out of the way um, mother of dragons is here to tell us all how we can get rich in eso so get your pencil and paper out get ready to take some notes first a, first a caveat that i'm sure there are ways that are more efficient um, but this is just these are things i do that i find somewhat entertaining um, and I've mm -hmm. kind of geared this towards people that, that do battlegrounds or things you could do like in between, you know, battleground cue pops. Um, so, yeah, but full disclosure. You don't like to spend a lot of time farming things. Right. So exactly. That's kind of in, taken into consideration here. Yes. And it's taken into consideration that PVPers are usually really broke. <laughs> and, you know, so some of these things seem obvious. Tripods are expensive. Oh, my gosh, they are. They really are. And golding out, you know, all your, your new sets. Oh, uh, we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> golding out Let's all of the jewelry. That. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We won't. Um, all right. So making gold in ESO. Um, I'm starting with some, some really obvious and easy ones. Um, okay. But first, which seems pretty obvious, but you need to join a trading guild. Um, and I really highly recommend joining one at a, at a good that gets a good location every week. Um, now they will have dues that you have to pay weekly, but usually they're not bad. Um, and especially if you're doing some of these other things I've mentioned, um, you won't have any trouble paying the dues. Um, but some spots that I've found really amazing, and I think in general they're like the, the most coveted um, trading spots, are uh, Mournhold, 5X oh, yeah. City, Alanor, Elden Root, Ralka, Belkarth, and Craiglorn, um, Wayrest, Stormhaven. There's there's some others, but those I think are really like the top. And for me personally, I've had the best success. My three, the three trading guilds I'm in right now are in Mornhold, Five X City, and Alanor. I like to have one one trader in each of those spots. Seems to those do seem well. to be the best ones in general. Consistently. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice because if they're really busy, you know, you don't always have to undercut. Um, or, or price so low that somebody will come out to the middle of nowhere to your, mm -hmm. to your trader. Yeah, so that seems obvious, but I think get, if you can get over the fact that there is a um, you know, weekly dues, then, then you're all right. A lot of times, too, the weekly dues are like raffle tickets, so you have a chance of winning something, too. Um, so some quick tips when you, when, when you join a trading guild. You need to um, maximize having having this good trader, which means you need to have always have your 30 slots full. I think that a lot of PVPers don't do that. I don't do that. I only, <laughs> I only put stuff for sale if it like 
sells for a lot. Otherwise, I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it takes like you could just be drinking your coffee and mm-hmm. load it up with stuff that's even if it's just like 5K each, you know, I mean, if you yeah, do that consistently. If it's just like low level crafting mats, I mean, you're not going to do anything with that stuff anyway. So just exactly. get a little gold for it. Right. Exactly. So, so keeping those 30 slots full is, is a big one. And then having a good mix of stuff on your trader. So some gear, some mats, motifs, consumables, just have it like have it, you know, nice, a nice mix of things. Diversify. Exactly. Diversify your portfolio at your trader. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so this is most important. And then a lot, all these other things really, you know, ladder up to that because you need to have some place to sell your stuff. You don't want to mm-hmm. be trying to spam it in guild chat or in zone chat. Just terrible. No, no one likes those people. No, 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 <laughs> no one likes those people. Don't be that person. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Next up, which I think is a is one that a lot of PVPers already do, but still just going to mention it. Um, is spending your AP on Dawn prisms to sell or militant order motifs, which yes, not as many people do. I almost hate to even like say it out loud. It's your secret hustle. <laughs> it might be me. <laughs> Slavka wants someone that we play with a lot. He's in our mm-hmm. in our battleground guild. He he does the same thing, and I'm apologize to him that I was going to share that tip on here but um mm. but it's nice because when I'm when when I'm buying things with AP I'm I'm trying to buy things that have like a one-to-one ratio that I can sell for the gold equivalent of of AP that I'm spent on it so for example the militant order chest motif sells for you can buy it for 500k AP and I can I consistently sell it for like 579k gold so I'm you know, above my one-to-one ratio, which I feel like is a, is a win. Um, sometimes Dawn Prisms don't get you there because they're like 25K AP each. And depending on mm-hmm. what, you know, I think some, if you're at a further out trader, you know, you can find them for like 16K, 17K a piece. So. Spending the AP is crucial. And that's, I mean, that sounds like an obvious thing now, but I, I played PVP for years and years and didn't really even realize that there was much I could do with my AP. It was just kind of accumulating. And <laughs> I have like over 30 million AP now. Oh my gosh. Know? So there'll be times where I feel like, oh man, I'm really broke. I don't have any gold, but actually have the ability to get some gold anytime if I just spend some AP on Dawn Prisms and stuff. Right, exactly. And sometimes I feel like Dawn Prism market gets a little flooded. So, you know, you could always mm. buy some and then just check and make sure your trader isn't, isn't flooded before listing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that seems like pretty obvious, but again, like you said, people accumulate that AP. I never have any AP because I'm always spending it. I think I have 50 K right now or something Mm. really low. Um, yeah. So another thing you can spend AP on it, it's more of a gamble and, and, but sometimes I, I don't mind a gamble. Um, but in Cyrodiil, if you buy, you know, like the jewelry coffer from the, the elite gear vendor, you know, you could maybe get some deadly jewelry, vicious death jewelry. Some of that stuff sells pretty decently for the purple versions of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not as it's not as um, consistent, I would say, with with spending. But if you're looking yeah. for some fun, or if you're looking for a piece of jewelry, anyway, or if you just like gambling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, and don't want to do it on crown crates. But 
in Cyrodiil also, you know, in the weekends is the golden vendor. So a lot of times I'll buy maybe even a couple of whatever gold jewelry that is, is BOE um, mm-hmm. and not list it yet because everybody's buying it that weekend. Just throw it in my yeah. bank and then six months later or just whatever I think about it again, go ahead and throw it up on the trader. I actually just did this with um, deadly rings that were in my bank. During the uh, mid-year mayhem or the white streaks mayhem events is a really good time to visit the gold vendor because they have all the PVP sets available at that time. So you can load up on a bunch of like deadly strikes, vicious death, like a lot of popular PVP gold jewelry. I buy like 10 pieces at a time and I'll stick it in the bank. And then like six months later, I'll start putting pieces for sale. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, Mm -hmm. I like often forget to check the gold vendor. (laughs) But I try yeah, to I try to remember there was I remember there was one time I was out of town and I in discord. I asked asked you guys to buy me bright throats because <laughs> yeah, I was like right. I was going to miss right. it. Um, but yeah, I, I often forget to check that. Um, OK, here's another obvious one for PVPers, but just mentioning just in case, um, you know, we get these battleground rewards uh, in our mail, just usually not the most exciting stuff. Um, but Mars Bomb gear sells still really well. Um, yep. A lot of the pieces, even, like, even off traits, will sell for 6K, 7K, just for the blue pieces. And so if you're looking for ways to you know, um, keep your 30 slots full at your trader, those are, are good ways to do it. You can fill it with you know, five five to 10 Mars bomb and rallying cry and, you know, make yourself 80 K if, if they yeah. sell. Yeah. And that stuff adds up, you know, like it doesn't seem like worth the time and effort a lot of times if it's only like six or seven K that you're making, but you know, you get several of those little pieces up for sale and it adds up. Yeah. Because it is, it's a consistent stream. If you're, con- if you're, if you're constantly filling those slots, then you're going to have this consistent stream of gold coming in. So I never, I try to, I think my minimum I'll list something for is maybe like 2K, but I try to list for higher if I can, but I've got mm-hmm. 90 slots to fill. So, so I'm, I have to be a little more loose on, on what I put up there. Um, yeah. But, you know, you get a lot of jewelry. So an obvious thing is just to be sure that you're deconning the jewelry that's not going to sell um, for those jewelry mats, because those obviously sell for quite a lot. And if you don't have a character that you put points into the to decon, send it to put it in your bank or find a friend that can decon it for you because it's worth it. Um, any of the gear that you get that doesn't that's not worth anything, not not worth putting on a trader, the green and the blue gear, I just vendor. It's not even worth deconning because the the green and blue mats are, you know, they don't sell for too much. Mm-hmm. So it's just best to vendor that stuff. Okay, moving out of pvp stuff into like other game aspects which i know is scary for pvp <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't know <laughs> right i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> well this first one i've been on you about this is this next one uh, daily crafting writs mm, i remember those <laughs> <laughs> now they can be mundane yes um there are some add-ons that help you know make it less painful um, oh yeah much less Big painful time. But even just doing daily crafting writs, I have, I have a cool add-on that um, 
when I, it tells me all the gold I've accumulated. It, it checks the, the value using like Tamriel Trade Center. And so during a span of time, whether I'm farming or doing whatever, it tells me how much gold I've accumulated based on like the sale price of things. And so doing my daily crafting where it's like I make about 20K on one yeah. character. I mean, 5K in gold and then the rest in, in mats. And, you know, sometimes you get that lucky like chromium grain mm -hmm. or chromium plating even I've had before. Well, like the thing about doing crafting roots, especially if you do it on multiple characters, if you do them consistently, I used to do this and I've stopped, but it's like you end up d be doing pretty well on gold, but then you get to a point where you hardly even need the gold because you end up always having the mats that you need to just do anything you need to do. You know, you gold your own stuff out, you craft your own potions, you're just kind of all set all the time. Yeah, but, you know, knowing how... I don't want to say lazy, but kind of what I'm <laughs> But thinking. you said it, but you did but say I, it. But I, so. I, 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 did, <laughs> I did say it. Okay, okay. But how, you know, PVPers may not want to do these daily crafting rits. So yeah, that's why it's BG a little... Time. I could be in BGs at that time. Exactly. But but I actually do it in between Q-pops. I like, you know, with all those yeah. add-ons, it takes, it takes literally five minutes, if that. Yeah, true, true. Um, so it's not bad. Uh, but another big thing that comes from the daily crafting writs, not just mats, but our surveys. And mm -hmm. that's also something that you could do in between Q-pops because like clothing surveys and jewelry crafting surveys are, make so much gold. I mean, Drew Wack, I don't even know how to say that. How do I say that? Wax. I've heard Drew. I've heard, I say Dreg, but oh. I don't know. I'm really bad at pronouncing things. I know that is also like a theme I've heard, I've heard drow. I've heard people say drow. Oh, well, I'm just going to say wax. Um, I don't think I've ever heard a character in the game say that word. Grizzly Khan with a pronunciation in the, in the chat. Maybe. We'll maybe. see. Yeah. We'll continue on. But the wax, wax sells for 32K a pop. Um, <laughs> don't I know? That's why I don't have any gold builds. <laughs> <laughs> but you could if you did your daily crafting with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we know, but yes. So surveys. I know that they really don't. I know people are lazy with surveys, but there's an add-on that'll mark it right on your map. You just run right to it and pick some mm -hmm. flowers, or pick you know, or mine some jewelry crafting nodes. It's so easy. worth it on the surveys. Really, it is, and that's one of the main reasons that I started doing the daily crafting writs on multiple characters. And then I would just deposit my surveys into my bank and then get them on my farmer who's, you know, yeah. got coward's gear and like every, you know, my fast runner, basically, my night blade. Um, Grizzly so, Khan says he thinks it's pronounced Drag, by the oh, way. That's none of the options that we said. I, I was close. I said, I say Drag. Oh, okay, Drag. All right. You close. win. You win. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So surveys. Lots of money with surveys. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I I don't know. You know, I don't know what the percentage of PVPers are that have ESO plus. Um. Obviously, having that craft bag is really helpful if you're doing daily crafting writs in general. Um. But if you do have ESO plus and have a craft bag. Um, sell some things from your craft bag, like look in that craft bag and throw some things up on the trader because there are just like random mats in there that add up super quickly. 
I learned that lesson recently, <laughs> and I, I'm like, who did it's you like learn a whole that new game for me? Who did you learn that lesson from? Curious. Um, a friend of mine. <laughs> mm. You wouldn't know him. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, that was you. Yeah, and you were telling me like, man, look in that craft bag. Uh, in particular, like, like I'm not really into housing. Uh, so like, if you're not really into housing, man, there's a lot of those crafting materials specific to housing that are super valuable. People will pay top dollar for a lot of that stuff. I went from being nearly broke to having 4.5 million gold within 24 hours just from selling a bunch of stacks of mats that I didn't even know I had. They've been sitting there for years. That's a lot. I didn't um, even get a cut. What's that? I don't understand. That decorative wax. Is that what yeah. it's called? That mm -hmm. stuff? Man, that stuff. That's the good stuff right That's there. Good stuff. <laughs> 1800 a pop, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the, the mundane runes and... Heartwood, heartwood, right? yeah, all those yeah. things. Anything that, yeah, exactly, Grizzly Con, heartwood, mm -hmm. yeah, anything that you can make furniture from is gonna sell for a lot. And a lot of stuff, even like flour, yeah, you know, Provis like that's like random provisioning things. It doesn't sell for a ton, but I have a ton of it. So like, I'll sell like you know nine stacks of flour, and it actually adds up to a fairly decent amount of gold. Like I can buy a stack of tripods with it or something, you know. Yeah, exactly, and other some other provisioning things that sell you that you wouldn't really think like white meat, any meat for whatever mm -hmm. reason, because they must be, if people are leveling provisioning or they must be in some recipes, but that can all sell for, for decent and, and also, um, you know, worms, different kinds of bait will sell. Bait sells people. really well too. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, if you have a craft bag and you don't really do, if you have ESO plus in the craft bag, you don't really do much in there. You probably have a lot of that stuff. Just because mm -hmm. from random, you know, from randomly, you know, maybe not, you're, maybe you're not farming it, but somehow yeah, you just get it, you know, some. like I do, um, I'll do like my undaunted dungeons and I just loot every oh, single yeah. thing, you know, just the whole, every, everything that I kill, I loot everything. You just end up with all kinds of random stuff. And yeah, in yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of stuff. And you know, if you're not crafting a lot of stuff, then you might have a bunch of ancestor silk, which sells pretty decently. And, um, you know, yeah, it's it's worth going through there. And some of like the medium, medium tier crafting mats, like not the lowest level or and not the highest level, but somewhere in between there, those sell for a lot because people are trying to level that. And, you know, you kind of take advantage of those people because there's nothing they, you know, there's they can't find it anywhere mm -hmm. else unless they go farm. And so if mm -hmm. you have any of that stuff, it's definitely worth listing. By the way, we should mention that um, the Tamriel, the, if you're on PC, the Tamriel Trade Center add-on makes it really easy because uh, if you're in a guild trader, then it can let you know, like if you're looking at something, it'll tell you right there on the item description how much it's selling for. So you can, you can determine if it's worth you know, selling or not. Yeah. I actually use that one and another, which I, I really like, is Arcadius's trade tools. And that one shows you what it's sold for in the trade guilds you're currently in. And so okay. it's even a little more specific. It's nice if you're in some busy locations and where there's a lot of sales. So yeah. I use, I go by both of those. I, I check both um, before I list something. I check both of those add-ons and then I check my current guild trader to see if it's listed at all yet. And then I, mm -hmm. then I'll add it up there. So next. This is getting into, you know, the more uh, complicated, more, <laughs> more yeah, yes, more effort required, but it's nice to like mix it up sometimes. 
So sure. you just, you know, change it up a little bit. And again, a lot of this can be done in between Q-pops. I do these things between Q-pops. So specific zone daily quests. Um, not all zone daily quests, but there's a lot of them that are worth doing for the chance of a motif. Um, you know, one specific one that comes to mind is Gold Coast. Um, if you get the looming shadows from the bounty board there and like, uh, you, you, there's two options. You're either getting the arena quest or looming shadows. The looming shadows quest has a chance to give you a minotaur motif and the minotaur chests sell for a million gold. Okay. Yeah. So it's, and, but any of the minotaur stuff sells pretty decently if you can get one. There was one, one week I got two minotaur chest motifs in one week. It's pretty amazing. Nice. Should have played the Powerball. I do like those chess pieces. The, the heavy Minotaur is actually really cool. I Honestly, I don't even know what it looks like. I just know that it sells for lots of gold. So <laughs> I go for it. Um, but there's some other zones that have dailies that give, you know, the motifs and or rewards that are still worth it. But like the, you know, Fargrave, uh, the Deadlands, like they, they, you know, they'll give you motifs. A lot of the newer zones, if you do them in whatever new DLCs are out. Um, those motifs usually sell for a lot for a while. So worth doing. It doesn't take long. And there's usually a lot of people doing the quest. So next up, it's a word that, that no one's going to like, but it's farming. Um, oh boy. I know. Uh, it's <laughs> terrible. And not, and not farming, not farming plants or anything like that, but um, weapon sets or gear sets that you know are popular. You know, mm -hmm. just from playing this game, playing, like doing Mother Sorrow. Yeah. Or even in PvP, like things that might be popular in Battlegrounds. Or checking some popular websites, um, build websites, and oh, yeah. just to see what they are suggesting to people and farming that stuff. Because that makes sense. somebody's looking at that and, and mm -hmm. using that stuff. Um, and so. If, if it's overland or whatever it might be, it's usually pretty easy to get. And you could always just enlist that and sell it. It's, it's a pretty easy way to make some gold. And then, you know, the, the good old just farming stuff, right? Farming plants, farming nodes. It's not fun necessarily, but if you're just running around or dueling people in Stormhaven in between Q-Pops, you could just be picking flowers, right? Honestly, that's the one that we kind of joke is like the least fun, but that actually is the one that I do. And I'm not even really thinking of it as like, oh, I'm farming for gold right now. I'm just, I'm waiting for Q. My hands just got to do something while mm -hmm. I'm waiting. And so that's just what I, I'm just running around. I kill random mobs and loot everything I see. And that's just kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, one spot that I really like to go to to do this um this has been my spot for a couple years really is arteum um, okay in, in somerset um yeah and i'll tell you why there's no there's no mobs not a mob mm. to be found there also okay. you know anywhere in somerset there's just more jewelry nodes in general and you have a higher chance of seeing those psychic portals and arteum is really small and so there's a lot of treasure chests and those Sigic portals are easy, are easy to find because they respawn so quickly. And mm -hmm. the Sigic portals, if you if you're, have done, done that, um, 
that line, that quest line. Um, the portals are awesome because you get either you get you know, a lot out of yeah, those. jewelry and like that those the orbic. I don't know how to say it. Orbic amber, maybe it's like mm-hmm. this green trait uh, mat. I don't know, but um, anyway, those sell for a lot, maybe forty k or something. Um, so that's that's one spot that I like to just run around. I mean, you can get a bunch of stuff in a very short amount of time. Grizzly Khan's asking, what about upgrading that blue Mara's bomb piece you get in the mill and then sell, selling it? Uh, like if the trait's right, um, like with that be worth like the gold mats or the purple mats if you upgrade that and then sell it probably so I, w- I would think especially if you do it to gold i think so for gold i yeah in my experience upgrading to purple for mars bomb or for pvp sets i don't know for my in my experience it hasn't really increased the value that much i feel mm-hmm. like if it's the right trait it could sell it at blue for more than purple in the wrong trait right um yeah it's like easy for people to upgrade things to purple themselves, even if they're not a crafter, you know, like you can just spend double the mats. It's no big deal. Yeah. But like not gold, if someone's like committing to a build and they're like, all right, I'm golden this sucker out. I'm going for it. You know, they're, they're willing to spend some gold at that point. Right. Yeah. And last one, which is not one that I, I don't actually do this one, but I just felt <laughs> like if I didn't list it, you know, given the price of perfect row, then, then I'm, mm. you know, doing a disservice right, to right. the pod, uh, but fishing, you know, I feel like that is something that could be easy to do while you're waiting for a Q pop. Um, perfect row sells for a lot of gold. So do fish unfilleted fish. So mm-hmm. either way, if you don't want to gamble, um, you could sell the fish. Getting something of value no matter what, really. Exactly. So it's not, like I said, not something that I do, but I, I always think like that I want to do it because I know how much that perfect row costs. So. Well, and you could, I mean, while you're at it, you could, um, what is it? What's that one food recipe that you can only get from mm. fishing and it's like bind on pickup? Yeah. Is it Arteum takeaway broth? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. That's while you're in Arteum, you might as well, right? If you're, yeah, if you're so going to you go ahead go, and farm you, there. You can just be fishing there. If you're going to fish, do it there and you could get that recipe and then you can just print money basically yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But yeah, that, those nice. are my tips. Okay. So let's run it down one more time. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could. I could probably talk about making gold in ESO all day. It's so funny that that's the entire game to you for... For years. Like several years. I mean, I didn't start doing PvP probably until... Uh, 2021, the the PvP event, whatever mm-hmm. I know, it changed names at one point. I never can remember what it, it's currently called. White Strakes Mayhem. How could you forget? Rolls what right off it, the tongue. What was it before? Do you it remember? It was Mid Year Mayhem before. Oh yes, that one. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, that's so. still what we call it, really. But but after that, in 2021, I decided I decided to try Battlegrounds, and I really liked it. And then that's when I found the um Ulfadnar guild because i was looking mm-hmm. for a, a pvp focused guild yeah the guild's that old already i mean i think i joined sometime in 2021 i don't know i don't know when That's exactly a, but yeah that sounds about right it's just crazy how time flies it flies um well awesome well thanks for the the money making tips i'm gonna go put all of those things to into practice right away <laughs> uh <laughs> 
Yes, I'm sure no, you I'm will. definitely keeping an eye on my craft bag from now on, though. Like, I've learned my lesson there. Like, oh, my gosh, I just I have all sorts of valuable stuff in here that I'm Seriously. never going to use. You could sell a stack of like, potatoes, make some gold. Yeah, just sell all my potatoes. Like, <laughs> anything that's um for, like, provisioning, I buy all my food. You know, I never craft my food. Oh, so really? Get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I just buy all my food. Because food's cheap. Even expensive food mostly is pretty cheap. Oh, I don't Except know. Like I make RTM all my, I make others. everything. Like even uh, like I usually do like sugar skulls on most of my builds, and that's a fairly expensive-ish thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I buy a stack of that, and it lasts months. Yeah, yeah, it does last a long time. So I have a few builds that I want to talk about, but first, Mother of Dragons, you're our guest, so do us the honor. Tell us about your main character, your Sork. What's the build? All right. So I'm running an Execute Sork. Big, mm-hmm. big shout out to Uncle Sam for, yep. for my build. I had to pay him 500K. No. Did I you really? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> if I tried, he probably would I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past it. him. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes he won't accept, you know, even like 5K. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so shout out to Uncle Sam for the build. But um, I'm, I run Oaken Soul. I refuse to do two bars. You get spoiled to to one bar build. That's yeah. that is for sure. Yep. So Oaken Soul, uh, Wretched Vitality, um, Gladiator, and I'm not, I'm not going to say this right. Crags for my one oh, piece. Oh, Crog. Yeah. Oh, like for that one piece penetration. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and gl- Gladiator, that's Kavach Gladiator, right? Yes. Yeah. When you go to make it, when you go to craft it, it's Kavach Gladiator. But when you actually put it on. It just says mm-hmm. gladiator. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, so that's the gear I'm running. And I'm doing a 5-1-1. So like five light, one medium, one heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, running a Magicka Recovery Boon, the Atronach. Um, my jewelry, I've got two Bloodthirsty and then Swift on, on Oak and Soul. So I'm really, you know. If, if if I get someone low, uh, they're they're probably gonna die. Um, for yeah. my slotted s- skills, I've streak, which you know I, I number use. one skill. No, number <laughs> one, number one skill, I, and I can't say I'm the best at it. Um, noted I, streaker, mother of dragons. Noted streaker, yeah. <laughs> noted streaker into walls, um, into yeah, lava, off of, yeah, off, off, of <laughs> off of anything I can. You know, if I can die off of it, I will streak off of it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't, this is off topic sort of, but one time I was in a battleground and streaming and you and Sam were watching me and I streaked into a wall and I really, you guys got a really good laugh out of that. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yep, like Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm, that's, it's, that's typical. <laughs> it's kind of how I roll. Um, yeah. So streak, um, endless fury, crystal frag, which I guess is my spammable, should be my spammable. I don't really use it that way. I, tr- I try to only just use it when it procs because then it's an instant cast. And in these BGs, it's like anything that takes a casting time is really, you're at a disadvantage. So I try to only yeah. use it when it's procced. Um, Haunting Curse and uh, my Twilight Matriarch for heals, which that bird is, is pretty OP. Mm-hmm. It keeps does. keeps me alive. So I kill it every time I see it. <sighs> the nerve. 
I don't know why, why you hate animals so much. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but it works out really well for me. Um, a lot of times, honestly, like I get them relatively low or if I see if there's a big pile, if there's a big scrum of people, I'll just cast my furies in there and then mm-hmm. stuff it starts getting low. I'll streak in. And a lot of times just the, sh- the damage from my streak will proc the, the f- endless fury and people will die from from that combo. Oh, that's like a million style points when you kill someone that way. Get a oh. curse fury and streak through them for the for the final blow. It's, Love it. I it, and I do it a lot. I actually get yeah. kind of not yelled at, okay, but you know, reprimanded <laughs> by healers because I'll streak into the group, but it's like that's how I will kill some people mm. and then I just try to streak right out if if possible. So, yeah. Um but yeah, I have so much fun playing this build because I steal everyone's kills. Um, <laughs> and I, I get a little bit of hate for it also. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I need to toughen up with that. But it, it, it is what it is. People don't like Sorks. Yeah. Sorks and Nightblades, are, they, they are on the receiving end of a lot of hate cells. That's yeah. For sure. Did yeah. you mention the, uh, your ultimate, what ultimate you use? No. Um, I use Overload. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't use Overload for for a long time. I used the Meteor. Um and Sam and Also good. You you and Sam both, you know, kind of talked me into Overload and I was like it doesn't feel right. It just it, like it wouldn't it's it's a little weird to get it the timing it right weird. on it at times. And even the, now the so, light attacks come out at kind of a different speed and it's yeah. a different flow. Yeah, and so uh, but but now that I switched to Overload, man, when that if you put a put the fury and a curse and then you just start overloading like it's really hard for people to to survive that unless you're a warden (laughs) you're a warden with shimmering shield and you can just kind of sip your coffee and have a nice time but right but anyone else yeah you kick on that overload and you'll eat through like the tankiest dragon knight man they'll start running for cover because they know they know what's about to happen oh it's 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 just it's so much fun i mean i did a i did a battleground earlier today and i went 30 and one and it's just like there's something just you know that that's for me that's what i want out of this game mm. i want a lot of kills and i don't often you know i often don't have the most damage you know but i mm-hmm. will have the most kills um but there's sometimes you know it just depends it's i mean kill stealing i think that that's the name of a game for a sork in battlegrounds that's kind of like your job you know yeah. but the actual damage is there too though you know like mm-hmm. a, a 1v1 that that build of yours has the the firepower to take someone down all on your own. It's not just stealing kills. For sure. Uh, you know, certain classes. There's certain classes that I can't do anything against, right? Yeah, like a Sork versus a Dragon Knight. Yes. All, thi- all things equal, you're just not going to win most right. of the time. Or anything that. bash build, you know, good night. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going yeah. to fight that. But but anything else, like I stand a pretty good chance. So it's it's been a lot of fun. And I really, that's one reason it's hard for me to want to even start a new character because i just enjoy playing this so much but yeah it's my build cool nice yeah it's awesome uh like i said in the beginning uh you've killed me more than any other player with this build so it, it definitely works you're welcome um, i mean <laughs> so i will I, it's worth noting that you have also killed me more than anyone else so yeah. okay well we 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 have that we have that going for us yeah, we do uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Magsorks, I've been playing with my Magsork quite a bit um, as well the last couple of weeks. Uh, I also am using a variation of Uncle Sam's 
execute Sork, aka the Sam Sork. Uh, basically, our whole Discord server. Everyone's made their own kind of version of this build. Um, I've made some changes to it. The the biggest change that I've made since the last time I've talked to talked about this build is that I went out and farmed the uh, Stormweaver's Cavort Mythic Pants. Um, I I had this idea when I first saw um, Stormweaver that I wanted to make a like a roly poly mag sork. I thought that would be pretty cool. Um, and it is pretty cool. It's extremely cool, actually. It's a it's a really really good build. I like it a lot. So um, the build is Kavach Gladiator uh, as a front bar set with a flame staff, uh, wretched vitality on the back bar with a bow, um, Stormweaver's Cavort, Mythic Pants, uh, and three piece Wrath of the Imperium. That's another change I made. I'll talk about that here in a minute. But um, so Stormweaver's Cavort, as a reminder, that's the new mythic item that makes all your core combat abilities cost magicka instead of stamina. So like dodging, blocking, sprinting, break free, bash, all that stuff um, costs magicka instead of stamina. And it also gives you 300 magicka recovery. And I think it's important not to overlook that. That's a lot of recovery that, you know, one single piece is giving you. Um, and that, on top of the fact that I'm a Breton, and as a sorcerer I have dark conversion, so I can convert stamina into magicka infinitely, um, I basically always just have a completely full magicka bar all the time. It's no problem to use magicka for all those core combat abilities and casting. You know, it's, it's kind of like playing a stamina build, except you're using magicka instead of stamina. Um, and so all my stamina is for is casting vigor, Dark Conversion, and Hurricane, my, my armor buff. Uh, that's the only thing stamina does. I, I don't have to worry about reserving my stamina for breaking free or anything like that, because, you know, that's I use Magicka for that. So it's uh, it ends up being a very hybrid-y kind of play style, because it's, it's basically the defense of a Stamsork. It plays exactly like a Stamsork uh, defensively with this, like, extreme mobility, and you're using Vigor to stay healed up and, and all of that. But then when you flip on the offense, it's it's a hundred percent a magsork, you know, with no compromises, just totally a magsork. So it really is the best of both of those worlds. It feels very wizardy. Um, it takes a lot of getting used to, kind of rewiring your brain to think of your resources in that way. And I I did make a lot of mistakes uh, early on, but once you get used to it, it just kind of flies. It honestly just feels so so good. Um, and the survivability is way better than I was expecting. I was, I was expecting that to be kind of the big weakness of switching because what Stormweaver replaced, I was using, um, the gaze of Sithis mythic helm, and that gives you a lot of really nice defensive stats. So I was thinking I was going to be really, really squishy, but Stormweaver allows me to afford the stamina to use vigor and vigor gives me a uh, minor resolve. So that's giving me, um, most of that, that resistance that I was getting from Sithis back. Um, plus it's vigor. It's the, it's the best heal in the game, you know, so that alone makes me very, very survivable. Plus I have this extra athletic play style with all the dodging and sprinting and basically I can play like a Stamsork. So I stay alive the same way a Stamsork stays alive. So really my, my survivability is better than it was, uh, with, with Gaze of Sithis. And the fun factor is like 10 times more. This Wrath of the Imperium set, if you're not familiar with this, it's a three-piece set. It comes from Cyrodiil. Um, you can just buy it at Guild Traders. It's actually really cheap. Um, the two-piece gives you 129 weapon and spell damage, and the three-piece gives you 325 uh, weapon and spell damage to your ranged direct damage abilities. 
And I've double checked, I've triple checked. All of my abilities count as range direct damage, curse, fury, frags, crushing shock, the overload ultimate. It all counts. So it, it applies to all of that stuff. Um, and I was using three willpower on the jewelry. So this, this just replaced willpower. It's just a straight upgrade, just more damage, plain and simple. Um, it's four light, two medium, one heavy, three divines, four well fitted. The jewelry's all bloodthirsty uh, with spell damage glyphs. Uh, Apprentice Moon to Stone, Sugar Skulls for the Food, Tristat Potions. I would say the biggest weakness or the big, biggest flaw of the build is there's absolutely zero group support. None whatsoever. You, you only have selfish heals um, and your job is just to kill people. And, that, and that's it. And this is what you're bringing to the next 4v4v4, right? That's right. Yeah, oh. that's right. I'm a little mm -hmm. nervous about that. Hopefully you'll have a really hard time landing any attacks on me whatsoever because I'll just be so dodgy and kitey oh, and all that kind of stuff. I I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest concern is how this is going to affect my Stamsork, like how much playtime he gets going into the future. Because all this, what what I love about my Stamsork is the defensive play style, and this build has that, but it does it better, and it has the offense of a mag sort, you know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, I've always been such a huge fan of stam sorts. You know what I mean? I've, I've been like a stam sort fanatic for the longest time. And now I'm sitting here with a, a mag sort build that does, does the stam sort thing better than a stam sort does. Wow. So I don't know. I'm going to have to chew on that and think about what is to become of Tane in the future. Rip Tane. Riptain. Surely not. <laughs> we, he can be, he'll salvaged. be back. Yes. He'll be back. He'll be back. We can rebuild him. <laughs> Um, strongly recommend the Stormweaver's Cavort for a Mag Sork. Uh, I don't know if it'd really be any good on anything else, maybe, but for a, for a Mag Sork using Dark Conversion, 100%, I'm convinced. It's amazing. Um, I have two more builds to talk about it. They're both my healers. So, uh, Aunt Lola, my Magical Warden, um, I have a, a really good build for her. She's using, uh, five pieces Rallying Cry, two pieces Chokethorn Monster Set, uh, the Master Resto Staff, Oaken Soul, and Two Trainee. Uh, so it's a really simple build, but it's also very powerful, very effective. Uh, the theme is basically to lean as much as possible into that whole like nature druid identity of a warden. And it's all about kind of nurturing your allies as much as you possibly can and just kind of fortifying them and, and making them stronger. So Rallying Cry is giving them all critical resistance and extra damage. Um, the Master Resto Staff gives them extra Magicka and Stamina Sustain. Uh, I'm a Warden with that Maturation passive, so that's giving everyone 10% extra health. So like from all metrics, just their entire stat sheet, just all the numbers get bigger, right? Um, plus Chokethorn, that's, that's a really strong heal, and it's just thematically perfect for like a Warden nature-themed sort of healer. It's a plant that grows out of the ground and, and heals your allies, you know? So I feel kind of like obligated to use that. Um, and I really like using Oaken Soul on a healer. I've mentioned that before. It just really simplifies everything. Uh, there's no buff management to worry about. I don't have to worry about any timers. I just kind of put these blinders on and keep my eyes on my, on my allies' health bars and make sure they stay full. And it's, it's just as simple as that. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, so the bar is uh, I'm using Budding Seeds and Healing Springs as my two AoEs. I'm trying to make sure my allies are always standing in those. Um, and then Blessing of Restoration is my spammable heal. I'm using Shimmering Shield, uh, the Deceptive Predator Flappy Run Fast Wings, and the Trees Ultimate. 
Uh, that tree's ultimate's really nice. It only costs 90 ultimate. It's a really, really strong heal. And Shimmering Shield is giving me major heroism. Oaken Soul is giving me minor heroism. And with such a cheap ultimate, I mean, I, I'm spamming that thing. I can, anytime I need it, it's ready to go. Every single time. Is that the one you have to stand in the trees to be healed? Yeah, you well, you just have to touch it. So, um, like it'll 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 continue healing you if you run out of it. You just have to touch it. Oh, I see. I'm bad about standing in the spot that there's yeah. a healing thing. Yes, that well, that's <laughs> I'll have I have a, I'm going to make a little comparison about uh, warden and necro healers here in a minute, and that's a very key point I'm going to make. But yeah, oh. that that's that's a factor for sure. Um, yeah. and that is a weakness, uh, but. I could use the resto ult, but I, I like that trees ult just because it is so cheap and I can just use it all the time. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's my my warden healer. It's meant to just be simple, easy. You don't really have to think too much, and it it gets the job done, and it does really really well. Uh, I used it in the the pre made games the other night, and it did it did really well. I, I will say that the weakness of it is if you have a very mobile kind of teammate, it is difficult to keep your heels on them. Um, but otherwise, very, very good. If you, if you have like a like a squad of brawlers that stay in stacked, then you know they're going to be unstoppable if this builds with them. Um, my other healer is my Magicka Necromancer Despair, and this is my most requested character. That like people, if I'm joining a, a group of people, this is the build they usually want me to bring because it's just such an incredibly powerful healer, and it it just it completely changes the game. Um. Her build is uh, Robes of the Hist as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality uh, on the back bar with a Resto Staff, the Maelstrom Frost Staff on the front bar, and two pieces Earth Gore. Um, so Robes of the Hist, aka Hist Sap, it's one of those sets with two different names. Uh, a reminder of that set, it's a Light Armor Overland set, really cheap, really easy to get. Um, and what the five piece does is basically whenever you're hit with any kind of CC, like whether it's a snare or a root or a stun or anything, uh, then you heal for 2360 health per second for five seconds. Uh, and that has a one second cooldown so that that duration can just be refreshed again and again. Um, it's an extremely reliable proc. Like in PVP, you're getting hit with some kind of CC constantly, like never not. Right. And there's a lot of situations where it'll proc where you might not really expect it like a, like a Templar with jabs, uh, jabs snares you. So you'll, this will be active the whole time you're fighting a Templar or any Dragon Knight. They have that warmth passive that makes all of their abilities basically snare you. So it'll be active the entire time you're fighting any Dragon Knight and, and really just in general, you're always like either standing in Caltrops or Wall of Frost or someone stunning you or something. So pretty much anytime you need this set to be active, it's going to be active. Uh, it's really good. I would say it's comparable to Mara's Balm. It's like a light armor alternative to Mara's Balm, I would say. Um, maybe not quite as strong as that, but close. Um, basically, the theme of Despair is the opposite of my Warden. It's, it's the opposite of Nurture. She, she's helping our allies not by making them stronger, but by making our enemies weaker. Um, and of course, we're healing our allies as well. But the, the main name of the game is Enemy Suppression. Um, and so that takes the form of uh, crowd control. We have all three forms of crowd control in AOE form. So um, that's Caltrops slowing everyone down, Wall of Frost uh, immobilizing everyone, uh, the remote totem fearing everyone. So I just spread that stuff all over the entire ground. Um, 
And then we have a bunch of debuffs. Wall of Frost is giving everyone minor maim and minor brittle. Caltrops is giving major and minor breach. Um, I have stamina blast bones. That's giving everyone major and minor defile. Uh, I do have a charged staff, so that's increasing my chance to apply all those minor debuffs. Uh, the major debuffs are all guaranteed. Um, so a bunch of really good debuffs. And then I have a lot of um, supplemental damage with my Wall of Frost, with the Maelstrom Destro Staff, uh, and then Caltrops and Blast Bones all added up together. It's about 6k DPS in an in a AoE. Um, so that's that's comparable to about like what the Destro ult does. Um, so it's not a bad amount of damage overall. And so, you know, any enemy who wants to engage with our team, they're, they're going to have to deal with all three forms of CC permanently, like on cooldown. They're going to have several nasty debuffs on them permanently. And they're going to have the equivalent of a Destro ult raining down on them the whole time before my allies even start attacking them. You know, they're having to deal with all that stuff. They're just already crippled and weakened so much before they even start really getting attacked. And of course, I'm keeping everyone's health bars filled up the whole time as well. So I'm saying all this stuff, you're listening to all this stuff, and you're thinking, wow, that sounds like there's a lot going on there. Uh, and indeed, it's an extremely complicated build. Uh, and I would say that's another way that this differs from the Warden quite a bit. The Warden's very simple, very easy. Uh, and this build is the opposite of that. We have three hots that we're keeping up with. We have Radiating Regen, the Intensive Mender, uh, and the Sanguine Altar, keeping those active at all times. We have those three CC abilities that we have to make sure our enemies are always standing in. Uh, we're tossing a Blast Bones every four seconds. So that right there, that's seven abilities. You know, you already have your hands full just keeping all that going. Plus, you got to keep your armor buff active. You got to focus heal when needed. Um, you got to use race against time whenever you need to reposition. You got to use your spell power potion on cooldown. You know, it's just a lot of juggling. It's a lot of spinning plates. That's a, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but you kind of build this momentum with it, you know? And once that ball gets rolling, it's like no one can stand in your way. You just, you just steamroll through everything in your path. And if you have much experience doing like a PVE DPS rotation, I think it'll come fairly easily because to, to me, it feels a lot like that, a lot like keeping timers going. And, you know, like in PVE, the boss will move. So you have to throw your AOEs back on the ground wherever he's standing. You know, it's a lot of a lot of similar stuff. So, you know, I did a lot of like PVE trial guilds and stuff back in the day. So I think that kind of stuff comes a, a little easily to me. So if you have that kind of experience, I don't think you'll have a lot of trouble with it. But otherwise, it can be a lot. It is a lot to keep up with. Um, a side note on that Sanguine Altar, that's a morph of that, um, like that Blood Fountain ability from the Undaunted skill line. Man, this is an amazing ability. I've been sleeping on it for a long time. So what it does, you put this thing down and it gives minor lifesteal to all enemies in a 28 meter radius. So that's a 56 meter total area. It's a huge area. Um, and so it gives minor life steal to all those people, which means anytime you're attacking that person, you're getting a heal over time returned to you from them. Um, that heal over time, minor life steal, is not reduced by Battle Spirit. You get the full amount. So it's actually a really good amount of healing. And I'm using Wall of Frost and Caltrops. So I'm dealing some damage to every enemy that's nearby. So I'm getting that minor life steal from every single one of them. Um, so it's actually a lot of healing, um, combined like that with the, the robes of the hist set, just those two things alone make me very, very survivable. 
And then, of course, it has that synergy that's really nice as well. I, I can't use the synergy myself, but it'll pop up for my allies when they get low on health. And that thing is so, so clutch. Uh, really, really nice. So, yeah, Sanguine Alter. Gotta use it. Really, really good ability. Um, so that is my Magic and Necromancer build, um, healer build. So I want to do a quick comparison between my Magcro and my Magd, and I'm always kind of comparing these two as far as their effectiveness as healers. Um, and of course I have these two built very differently, but I could build them exactly the same if I wanted to, where they're doing like the same stuff. Uh, and I think as far as crowd control goes, they're basically equally capable, like wardens and necromancers are basically equally capable. That, you know, it's maybe debatable, but I think they're probably pretty close. Um, so really what you're looking at is their healing capabilities. Like what are they bringing to the table with their actual healing kit? And you know, the, the conventional wisdom is, yeah, wardens. That's, you know, they're the meta everything, including healers. They're the meta healers. Um, they do have extremely strong heals, no doubt about that. But like I was saying earlier, you have to be kind of within their zone of support. You know, you can't be like a, a Sork that's streaking far away or like a roly-poly build that's kind of running circles around the battlefield and stuff. A, a warden's going to have a hard time with you if that's the kind of build you're playing on. Um, but if you are on like a, like a brawler squad, like a demolition crew, like you got a bunch of dragon knights on your team, then yeah, warden's going to be the best possible healer you could, you could possibly have on that team and you're going to be unstoppable. But if you have basically any other kind of team, uh, like say you have, you have a team where you have a night blade and you have a, a stam sork on your team, they are absolutely not going to stay perfectly stacked right in front of you where you can easily heal them. You know, like that's not. They were not designed to play that way, and that's not the way they want to play. That's not why they chose those classes to play on. Um, so a warden is just going to kind of throw their hands up on a team like that. I'm like, I can't do anything with these guys. You know, they won't stay still. Um, but a necker is not going to have any problem because all of their healing abilities are long-range, targeted abilities. They can stand, You can stand in the middle of a battlefield, and your allies can be doing their thing. They can be dip ducking diving and dodging all over the place and they are still within your range of support all the time so i think that's why like i tend to have a much easier time on my necromancer for that reason like it doesn't really matter what kind of team i end up on whereas with a warden i really do kind of need to have a specific team set up to be successful and then in that case it's we're going to be the best possible team any thoughts mother dragons <laughs> I my thought is I like when you're on my team and healing me but I really don't want to be against you on despair and I don't know that I have been not that yeah, I can it's, recall it's not enjoyable I don't yeah, recommend it sounds terrible it really <laughs> sounds terrible from from what I'm told it's it's not very fun um so yeah I think I've kind of always had that conclusion this just kind of has been reaffirmed where like a uh uh, a warden, extremely good healer if they're on the right team, but a necromancer is the more versatile healer. I think I, I still pretty much just feel that way. Um, I think we're just about to the end of the show here. Um, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. Best named guild on the server, and it's also the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. If you would like to be a member of Stoons Goons, Send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. We'll get you in there. 
If your guild roster is full, that's okay. We can get you on the Discord, and really, that's where all the action's happening anyway. That's where we're mostly chatting and sharing build ideas and sharing memes and, and all of that. And really, anyone who's on the Discord, as far as I'm concerned, is a fully-fledged goon. Um, so scroll in podcast at gmail.com, and we can get you on the Discord or in the guild endgame, um, or both, whatever you want. Um, you can also just send us an email um, if you have any questions or any suggestions for the show. Um, say hello, tell us a joke, request a shout out to a friend, uh, really whatever you like. Scroll and podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Shout out to Grizzly Khan, Cummy Bear, and Uncle Sam for joining us in the chat tonight. Thank you very much, guys. Adds a lot to the show. Appreciate you being here. Um, shout out again to Uncle Sam, Slavka, and Shadow. We've just been playing a lot here lately. Really been having a good time teaming up with those guys and doing some four squads and duos and different things and battlegrounds and a little bit of Imperial City as well. It's been fun. And shout out to Mother of Dragons. Thank you so much for being here and, and giving us advice for not being poor in ESO. <laughs> My pleasure. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Thank you very much for listening and we will catch you next time.